This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast, episode 251. Can Cruella DeVille sue Roger? Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive into today's episode. Hey there, animation addicts. I'm your host, Morgan Stradling. And I am Chelsea Robson. Chelsea, have you been keeping up with the Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp defamation case? I have. I have indeed. And what are your I don't thoughts? know very many people who haven't. I know. <laughs> if, if you're online, you're following this. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. It is a circus. Like the entire thing is a complete circus, but it, it's one of those car wrecks that you just can't look away from. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. I have definitely been watching it. Yeah, this is a very interesting defamation case. And as I was watching it, I was thinking, you know what? This would make a great nerdy couch discussion or (laughs) something somewhat related. I've actually had this idea in my head for a while, which is, you know, Roger sings this amazing song called Cruella DeVille, and it's about Cruella DeVille. And he's really beating up on her in this song. And so I thought, you know what? Could she sue him for defamation? So (laughs) here we go. Nerdy couch discussion time. Let's talk about the great defamation case of Cruella DeVille versus Roger. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Cruella DeVille, is she a public figure? Because if we're talking about okay. defamation... Typically, if you're a public figure, you're kind of fair game. That's why in a lot of songs, you might hear references to like different celebrities or whatnot and presidents, presidents. Yeah, you can a lot of like a lot of rap songs, a lot of pop songs. 
Yeah, they'll just kind of like throw a name out there, right? Yeah. It's unclear in the movie. And so I kind of broke down, you know, where we are. I think you and I, let's just, we'll discuss it. And then we'll come to a consensus on is she or isn't she? So in the 1961 animated film, it's clear that she's old school friends with Anita. And I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, this never made sense to me. Because Cruella is freaking old. And Anita is young, youthful, and beautiful. So... Moral of the story, just don't do drugs, kids, okay? <laughs> Dearly devoted I just, I just don't but buy it. Maybe she went back for her college degree. So here's the thing. I did some online courses, and there was a one of now who was one of my dearly devoted old schoolmates friends who <laughs> were like 30 years different. Yeah. <laughs> I sang at her daughter's wedding kind wow. of thing. Like, yeah, and so there was like this on-campus event that we went to and she was also from out of town and I was out of, from out of town. So we went, we met up and we actually were roommates, Mm -hmm. you know, quote unquote, like we shared a hotel room during this event. (laughs) And so she jokes around that we were roommates in college. So (laughs) it could make sense. I see that. Okay. Yeah. It's a bit of a stretch, but (laughs) nonetheless, they are dearly devoted old schoolmates. So fine. I will take that as canon because that's what's presented to us. Right. Um, so in the original novel, she's a pampered and glamorous London heiress. Obviously, right. she's the former schoolmate of Mrs. Dearly, which um, is the name in the book of Anita. No. Davies. I think Roger Davies is what they. Huh. Yeah, okay. Yeah. They changed the name in the in the 1961 version. But. Um, They describe her as the last descendant of a prosperous and notorious family. She appears to be wealthy, but is heavily in debt. Okay. So that's Mm. the original novel. So, you know, you can sometimes take elements of that and maybe it's still relevant to the movie. We're talking, we're going to talk just about the movie version. So in the movie version, really all we know is that all they give us is she appears to have wealth. You know, she has DeVille Manor, but it's DeVille Hall. It's run very run down you know, she has these furs and coats and whatnot, but they really don't talk about her money explicitly. And anyway, there was a really funny article in 2002 Forbes ranked (laughs) Disney's Cruella as the 13th wealthiest fiction character. We're talking all fiction citing that the single 65 year old. And here's another thing, 65 years old. Anita is not 65 years old. So I'm not, again, I don't, I don't get how they became schoolmates. Um, Maybe it was also an online class, Morgan. (laughs) Right. Well, it says that she has a net worth of $875 obtained through inheritance. Now, I will say, well, one, where did they get this number? (laughs) What on earth? Uh, Two, and I don't know if they're referring to other versions of of, of this series because the 1996 version has her being a pampered and glamorous London heiress and fashion designer. Um, you right. know, so she's the heiress as we see in the original novel, but they add the fashion designer element on top of it. So right. I feel like it's taking elements from that one as well. Um, because I just am not getting $875 million <laughs> from her. <laughs> okay. Not getting those vibes anyways. So based on all of this, you and I, Chelsea, in uh-huh. the 1961 version, is she a public figure? I don't think she is. I don't think she is either. From the information we're giving. She has a cool car, a mm-hmm. great coat, and a rundown manner. Yes. So I can understand where they could have gotten the net worth of somebody because you may own a lot of property and a lot of land. Your house 
rich but money poor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I that, I can see how that could be a thing if she's heavily in debt, you know, but she still has all of these properties and everything that, that she's using as collateral, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I can I can see the number, but I really don't think that she's anything more than that because you know, like people know the house, but it's hard not to know the house. Yeah. The old DeVille place, like Hell Hall. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's down the street. It's large and it's in the countryside. But just because you have a big house, does that mean you're a public figure? No, there's lots of people with big houses that we don't have no idea who they are. That's true. I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say she is not a public figure, <laughs> which means that she has more of a case against him. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So before we go and who are we calling up on the stand and we're actually in the court, um, it's important to look at the law regarding this. Now, Mm -hmm. for U.S. law, which this is set in Britain, so wouldn't even apply, according, this is the, the link, according to Wikipedia, under common law to constitute defamation, a claim must generally be false and have been made to someone other than the person defamed. So you have to say something false and make it to someone other. It can't just be like, I hate you or you're a horrible person or what you and say that to that person's face directly. Right. So that's pretty vague. And in the US for defamation, Cruella is the one that has to actively prove in court that she's harmed by the song. So she has to proactively go this. If she's enough of a public figure, you hit a certain level of notoriety where it's you're just open to kind of parody where anything uh-huh. is is kind of a, can be considered a parody. So she would have to claim that the song, the claims in the song were false and unrepresentative of her, which is interesting because um, the song was written, you know, in the early part of the movie. And a lot of the things that are said actually happen and become true over the course of the movie. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about the ac- actual accusations later. But um, so that's the US. Okay. So she has to go and prove it. And on top of that, uh, basically, that this caused her harm, limited her money-making opportunities or, or hurt her in some way that because mm-hmm. of this specifically, she was unable to get work or get more jobs or it affected you know her livelihood. Yeah. Okay. So from the British now, Chelsea, when I was initially talking with her, she's like, okay, well you go and you do the research of 1960s British defamation <laughs> law. And I was like, uh, okay, but I, I didn't There's gotta go, be a book. I didn't go down that rabbit hole. So in general, uh, this is the, in modernity, here is the British perspective. And this is probably the one that matters more because of the jurisdiction of where this is. So right. English law is particularly different than American law. The onus of proof isn't on the person who claims they were defamed, but the person alleged allegedly guilty of the defamation. So it's complete opposite in the hmm. UK, where the person who did the defamation, or allegedly, they mm-hmm. must prove that their work does not defame the person in question. And huh. I think this is really interesting that it's so different. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah. Though, so in this case, it would be on Roger to do all the work and show. And it just doesn't, it seems the other way around. Um, the person who's being defamed has more skin in the game, I guess, to yeah. really like show. And they, and they know like the specifics, like, how would Roger know her, the in, inner workings of Cruella's business dealings? Um, right. And, oh, okay. Like, well, I had a contract for 20 million for this. And, you know, because of this song, they cut me and they told me it was because, you know, how would right. he know that? So that just seems a lot harder to prove. Yeah. 
So in this case, Roger needs to prove that his work does not defame Cruella. So I just a big, hmm, okay, okay. And in general, these laws need to be applied. Are they only really applied to people who make these claims as informative fact? For example, journalists, for newspapers, documentaries. Mm -hmm. It's people who are supposed to be reporting on the truth. Um, and right. saying like, this is a fact really in Britain. It seemed like from what I've read, I mean, I may be totally wrong, but this is, this is what I dug up that they're really the only ones that are able to, you're, you're able to come and do a defamation case. So really the idea of going against an entertainer or a songwriter just wouldn't normally happen huh. in the UK. Yeah. Okay. So that's probably why this case never came yes, to well, fruition. She was, yeah, she was in jail and had other things on her mind, you know. <laughs> right. So let's jump down to the actual song, okay? okay? You know, if okay. this is satire, well, then that alone kind of vindicates it because, you know, satire, you can get away with a lot. But, right. um, you know, the you have to specifically say that the lyrics, that they're not just an opinion but they're explicitly stating something that False. this person did. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, with the Amber Heard case, there's specific allegations of abuse both ways that were, uh -huh. were claimed. And I'm not going to give my opinions on that case. It's for no. another day, but, um, hashtag justice <laughs> for Johnny. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a little different. So I'm going to, I'm going to sing you the song. Okay. Cruella de Vil, Cruella de Vil, if she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will. So I highlighted, you know, if she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will. Again, that kind of seems like an opinion. That's mm -hmm. not a fact of anything presented that she had done. Yeah. Uh, next up, to see her is to take a sudden <gasps> chill. Chill. Cruella, Cruella. Uh, okay, so to see her is to make you freak out. Uh, okay, great. Again, speculation or opinion. Speculation, yeah. Hearsay. Yes. Hearsay. <laughs> the curl of her lips, the ice of her in her stare, the innocent children had better beware. So basically saying that <laughs> hmm. she is a threat to children. Okay, see, that's that's something that could be... More so. More so. But it's not... There's no specific... Right. Is it insinuating yeah. anything, though? That's the question. Right. And I don't... I don't think it I is. I don't know it's, who it's, would have to. It's more of like be afraid of her just as like a scary thing. Yeah. And if you're a kid, like definitely be, be, be scared. Yeah. She's like a spider waiting for the kill. Look out for Cruella DeVille. So again, just making a comparison. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not. At first not you think fact. Cruella is a devil, but after time has worn away the shock, you come to realize you've seen her kind of eyes watching you from underneath a rock. So is he saying that she has spied on him or has trying to steal his identity i don't know like yeah what is that insinuating trespassing mm -hmm. i don't get any specific allegation of something that she's doing it's just kind of like you come to realize you've seen her yeah, kind, kind of, of eyes. eyes you've seen this yes. kind of before it's okay. not you've seen her eyes watching you from right, the rock. you've right, just seen right. something like it you know and, and calling her the devil i mean your name is deville um right. and your license plate says if without the space, basically devil. So I mean, right, that's right. something that she kind of is leaning into anyway, I would say. Right. Just due to the nature of her last name. Um, this vampire bat, this inhuman beast, 
she ought to be locked up and never released again that's she ought to be it's not necessarily yeah, yeah. stating but she he, he said speculation she's, he is saying that she's a vampire bat and an inhuman beast i mean to, of all of the lyrics it seems like that is the most concrete as far as a accusation an accusation uh-huh uh-huh but even then it's like okay i'm not that's sure anyone still... believes that she's a bat and that's we're not even then that could be metaphor because no one believes that she's a vampire bat right <laughs> yeah or an inhuman beast like yes she's not if you're looking at literally okay nobody's yes. believing yes. that yeah. the world was such a wholesome place until cruella cruella Deville speculation once again mm-hmm. <laughs> so i mean there we go that's um that that's the allegations and it seems pretty weak so if we were to go to court with this i mean there's the argument for her winning this lawsuit and the argument against uh-huh so if you were on team cruella and you, who would you call to the stand how would you fight this so we only know the two different her two minions mm-hmm. uh Horace and Jasper, and she could pay them to say whatever they want. Exactly. She wants, mm-hmm. and they have no scruples. They would do it under oath. Doesn't matter. So those—that's who she would call to the stand. So can she prove damages? Even though it everything is speculation, can this still be proven that he ruined her career? Because if if she is a fashion designer, then uh, I mean, all of this is opinion. So it's really hard to for her to come up and and make a real powerful case that it changed her ability to make money. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes people would be able to use this as, you know, if you have news about me, it means that my name is in your head and then I can use that for my benefit later on. But if she really wants to prove defamation, she would bring Horace and Jasper up. She could also bring up uh the nanny mm-hmm. and say have i done anything is there anything that i have done that would have constituted me saying that i need to stay away from innocent children uh, well it depends on if it's before or after she stole the puppies and before or after she said that the puppies pooped on her bed wait that didn't happen um <laughs> I mean, you just don't know. Did it happen or didn't it? <laughs> if she could have a photograph. I think Roger still is in the safe in this scenario. I think so, too. I think really the lyrics, all it comes down to is this, these were opinion, speculation. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and there wasn't anything concrete that was alleged to happen. Um, so, yeah, I'd say that if she took him to court... Even under British law, he would win. So she can sue him, if that's the question. The original question was, can can she she sue him? You can sue anyone for anything. Now, whether it gets accepted uh, and you win is a different story. And I think in this case, sorry, Coella, not going to happen. You lose. Who else could she have called to the stand? I mean, she could have called her dearly delivered old schoolmate. Yeah, it just wouldn't happen. It. Anita wouldn't do it. She has she has no allegiance to her. She has very little. Right. She she is more sympathetic to her than Roger for sure. Roger just doesn't see her. We all have that, like you know, your friend's right. friend or, or like a boyfriend or whatever, where you're just like, I, I don't get it. Like this is your friend and you love them, <laughs> but like I don't right. get it. 
why. <laughs> and right, so that's right. for sure with them. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say that she doesn't have much of a case. However, she would definitely try. And especially with after all of the money, more money they could ever dreamed of uh, was made on this song. I'm sure that she could have have swung something or at she least tried? she would have tried. I think she would have tried in, in this universe. Cruella tried to sue because she wanted that sweet, sweet royalty money. Right. And, you know, she failed. Do you think this even went to court? I I would hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know these days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think she was in jail, so I don't think this ever really went anywhere. Um, and he was just living on his Dalmatian plantation with all that sweet, sweet musical royalty <laughs> money. So right. good times for Roger. Way to go. You finally you were a struggling musician and you finally hit the big one. It only takes one. <laughs> it does. And, and, and even sweeter Roger. was just the, the sweetness of the being able to dig the knife into Cruella how much he hates her and despises her through song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is he didn't hate and despise her. He just uh, was annoyed by her. Uh-huh. And it happened to be that her name fit really catchy tune that he came up with. I think it was kind of rude of him to do so, not having known her at all. But <laughs> after everything happened and she actually stole these puppies then I would say, you know what? She ought to be locked up. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Especially since she was a public figure. If she were, then she, yeah. um, you know, he definitely would be able to say even more of these things and totally right. be fine. But I think under what we've investigated, she was not in this case. She was not a public figure. She was an old schoolmate. So there you have it. Morgan and Chelsea were on the case. We figured it out. <laughs> yes. Cruella DeVille can sue Roger, but it was not successful. Sorry, guys. Uh, but yay, Team Roger. Justice for Roger. I object. <laughs> Justice for Roger. <laughs> Good times. Good times. That's all we have for this episode of the Animation Addicts podcast. This is one of our nerdy couch discussion episodes where we just have a fun time nerding out about various fun animation tropes. If you have an idea for a nerdy couch discussion, definitely let us know. We give first pick to the patrons. They get to submit their ideas for a nerdy couch discussion. So if you're interested, go to royscovers.com slash Patreon to check out all the perks of being a patron. And again, thank you to all of the patrons of the show. We appreciate your support and we love you guys. So before we go, we do have a quick voicemail that we want to play and it is from Megan. Hi, Rotoscopers. This is Megan from Virginia. Um, I just watched The Bad Guys in theaters and listened to your podcast, and um, I definitely agree with you that it was a really great movie, and I really enjoyed it as well. I have so many questions about the movie. One is, why is everybody cool with just anthropomorphic animals living amongst people, and they're just, like, part of society? Um, why is the Sam Rockwell wolf so attractive? Um, what is the deal with the shark and the piranha just not being watched? being around people and everything. It, it's so many things, but we don't really have to nitpick it or talk about it. It's just accepted in the in the canon of the world, and, and I think that's great. Um, but one of the great things I love about this movie was the stylized animation that they had. I think that for so long, there were so many animated films that focused really heavily on trying to be realistic with animation, like getting the water really, really right in, uh, like, Finding Nemo or... Um, you know, the live action, quote unquote, Lion King, that that really is fully animated, not live action at all. 
um, you know, we've learned that we can get hyper-realistic animation. And I think that the fact that we have achieved that makes it so much more interesting for animated movies these days to, like, have to make stylized choices. And I thought that the stylized animation in this movie was really interesting, um, you know, akin to things like Missiles versus Machines and um, Into the Spider-Verse, where, you know, it was just, there were very clear uh, animation choices that were made. So just, you know, really wanted to applaud the movie on that. Love the voice acting. Loved a lot of things about it. The humor. It was all great. Um, and, uh, yeah, just like hearing you guys talk about it as well. And I hope that you have a great rest of your week. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much, Megan. So you had some very interesting points. First off, why is everyone cool with the anthropomorphic characters in the bad guys? Exactly. Right. It's it's weird. It's not really explained. Yeah. But it just works. It doesn't need an explanation. It's like it, it very clearly says, like, these are the characters that you need to care about in yeah. a way, because there are a few human characters that are important to the plot as well. But it's funny. I, I really would love to know why they decided to make that happen. And I'd be interested to see if the graphic novels maybe were done in that way as well. I I mean, the way it makes sense to me is that even though like all of these are from fairy tales, all of these tropes are from fairy tales and we, the humans tell these fairy tales to our children. And so they are in essence, we're telling stories about real care, like real animals in the society. Mm -hmm. So looking at it that way makes sense to me, but yeah, um, that's basically the story I tell myself. (laughs) So the next thing she talks about is why is Sam Rockwall's wolf so attractive? How? <laughs> woo-ga! Yes. <laughs> right? I mean, I think this is one of the main things that people have been saying, and it's almost kind of a cliche at this point, is that he's just kind of this generic, cool guy, bad guy yeah, person. But it's the voice. It's the clothes. It's just the swagger that he has. And I hate to bring this, I hate to bring this up, but there is this article that I saw and it just like, why do we be this way people? And we, I am not associating myself with this, but there is an article that came out around the time the movie was released in (laughs) Rolling Stone. And it says, I almost don't even want to read it. If you have kids in the room, I think this is the only time I've ever had a disclaimer but it says when do we get to see mr wolf's expletive why some furries are losing it for the bad guys and when i saw that i was just Uh. like rubbing my head like we can be better guys we can be better come on so uh that's a real thing i'll include a link in the show notes if you're interested <laughs> you I, so desire uh, yeah it yeah and it's just as proof that this is actually like, okay there's one thing to say oh he's hot and he's super attractive and he's just such an appealing character but it's another to take it to that level where we need yeah. to see it almost poor not almost definitely pornographic i'm like guys that's a no that's a yeah. no for me dog yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah moving right along megan talks about like what's the deal with shark and piranha not being around, not being able to be in water? Like, yeah, yeah, that doesn't really work out too well. That's why nope. one of them should be, should have been a skunk. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and then the last point she kind of talks about is she just really loved the stylized animation. 
for, you know, so for such a long time, there's been such this focus on hyper real, like how close to realistic can we get? And I really love with this, they're just pulling back and they're like, okay, we've, we've really advanced computer animation quite far. If you have the budget, obviously, yeah. um, well, how can we pull it back and, and make it, it unique and its own thing? And yeah. I, I really think it just did such a great job. And the bad guys, I'm, it's just done really well at the box office. I'm just so happy for it. Um, it's coming out on Blu-ray soon and, and digital, and we're going to be getting a press package and they're like, Hey, do you want one? I'm like, absolutely. I love it. <laughs> absolutely. So thank you so much, Megan, for sending in that voicemail. If you want to leave your voicemail, we are going to be doing a voicemail mailbag show where all of the voicemails, we're just going to do it as a big grab bag. Um, in the future. So send a voicemail on any topic, whether it's a, something we discussed in a previous episode or just a random animation topic you would like to discuss, go to rotoscopers.com slash voicemails. You can also give us a call at 406-646-6575. Now with that, our next episode is going to be a fun one. We are going to be reviewing chicken little as part of our foul. What you have a, a fun, more fun name for it. What our, is it? Our flying fowl, flying series. fowl series. So we're doing chicken little followed by Swan princess nine and 10, which in Swan princess nine and 10, there really is no fowl. Odette doesn't turn into a swan in that, but it's just because <laughs> it has swan in the title. We're like, yeah, sure. Why not? We want to talk about <laughs> these ones anyway, but ignore that guys. It's going to be a fun discussion for sure. Cause those moves are surprisingly good, but before we get to that, we will be talking about Chicken Little, so get ready, good time, going back to 2005. So with that, that's all we have for today. Until next time, we, we are, are the, the Rotoscopers. Rotoscopers. Like the next one out? Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you have another... No, it's fine. Hold on. I didn't know if you had a... Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know. Ugh. What, babe? Okay. She was barking at my door. You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news, reviews, and interviews. Thanks for listening.